Welcome to 15 Minutes on the Way, Season 7, The Prophets, the PH Prophets. If you're a first-time listener, you really owe it to yourself to start at the beginning. You can easily find Episode 1 of Season 1 at 15minutesontheway.com. Don't spell out the number. Otherwise, brace yourself for a conversation with God's voice telling His side of your story. We ended last week's episode by reminding you that one lapse in judgment doesn't have to define you. Just like Jehoshaphat's lapse in judgment in trusting Ahab doesn't have to define him, and it doesn't. Jehoshaphat jumps right back on the way with me when he realizes what a mistake he's made. And think about the steps Jehoshaphat took to be back on that track with me. It wasn't just a, oh, I'm going to try to do better. He systematically went through his life and shored things up, setting routines in motion to ensure a steady walk with me on the way. You do the same thing. Because of the routines and habits he has cultivated and put in place, when crisis hits Jehoshaphat in 2 Chronicles 20, his first inclination is not to come up with a political or military solution, as his northern counterpart most certainly would have. The third verse of 20 is one of our favorites in this long catalog of royal cycles. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of Yahweh, and Jehoshaphat proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from Yahweh. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Once again, that's Second Chronicles 20, verse 3. Do you hear all of that in there? Wow! Now, you know why you know Jehoshaphat's name. It's not just because it's fun to say. The man is nothing less than an awesome example for you in your life. He's right up there with David in my book. Good relationship with us to start with. Then a lapse of judgment. Repent and return to me. Seek my will before all else. Then have me cover your behind when trouble comes. That's the pattern. Rewind and hear it again. No doubt you caught that first word, alarmed. Maybe you didn't. Jehoshaphat is alarmed. He's afraid. That's okay. I am not asking you to be fearless. You might get there with us, but whether you're afraid isn't the issue. It's what you do with your fear. Jehoshaphat is the example of what you do with fear. You let it drive you to me. Set yourself to seek me. Note also, this is not a casual, let's check in with Yahweh on this. Jehoshaphat calls a national fast. We'll have to unpack fasting more fully somewhere else. But for the time being, at the very least, fasting frees up a whole lot of time in your day. Time that would have been spent in food prep, consumption, and cleanup is immediately free. It could add up to a good three hours for you, unless all your meals are fast food, in which case you and I will be meeting face-to-face in the near future. You've skipped meals because of projects plenty of times. Well, 
In this case, when you're facing something huge and need to spend some time with me about it but don't feel like you have the time, fasting will enable it. All that systematic work Jehoshaphat did across the country, bringing all of Judah back to Yahweh, the God of their ancestors, bears fruit, as they all understand the seriousness of the moment and head to my house to call on me. You'll recall that this is what we set with Solomon as the way for that habitat, to seek us at or through the temple. You have the great benefit of getting to call on me from right here where you are right this moment, a benefit we arrange for you at great cost later in the Abra plan, something that'll have to wait for the next project. And so when you build routines into your life, as Jehoshaphat did, routines that keep your focus on me, when crisis hits your life, you'll know what to do, and it'll be easy to do it. If you have a laissez-faire attitude, knowing you should get back to me and plan on getting around to it some day, but never actually do, the hard times that come and they will since you're still alive and human and all, the hard times that come will be much harder to get through than if you do your systematic homework like Jehoshaphat. It's once again been a while, and you can tell from the way I'm quelling over my boy Jehoshaphat that I am going to ask you to break out your manual to read his prayer. You really have to. There's so much in it you need to sink with. As long as you're at it, and it won't take much longer, read the whole sequence. It's not even a full chapter in Tom. Get yourself a drink and then settle down to read Second Chronicles 20, 1 through 30. Ready? Really? Go. See? That's an amazing sequence, right? No, I'm not going to go back and read it for you. Let us break it up into seven sections. Three's not enough this time, and twelve is too much. First, notice Jehoshaphat's prayer, what he says and how he says it, in verses 5 through 12. The man is bold, so bold as to stand there and remind me of who I am and what I have promised. Bold enough to pretty much blame me for the situation, since I am the one who kept the current attackers off my list of nations to be conquered when my people entered the Promised Land. He's also honest with me and with himself. We are powerless against this great multitude that is coming against us. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. So your first takeaway is to talk to me about whatever you're facing with boldness and honesty. Bring up our past. Bring up our reputation and promises. Just because I know everything doesn't mean you can't remind me of things. I hope you're seeing that the people after my heart in the manual are doing that kind of thing all the time. And there's no need to sugarcoat anything either, so be honest in your assessment of where things lie. The second thing to notice in 13 to 17 is a person, Yahaziah a Levite descended from Asaph, serving us faithfully in the temple as one of the musicians. You might say he's our full-time employee, but not like our full-time prophet Elijah. 
Yehaziel follows me faithfully, though, and his heart is open to my spirit when I offer a reply to Jehoshaphat. I've got all of the kingdom of Judah from which to choose, and Yehaziel is the one this time. Take a lesson from him while we're in here. He's neither priest nor prophet, but I speak through him as clearly as I've spoken through Elijah, Nathan, or Samuel. You may not be a rabbi or a minister, but that doesn't mean I am not going to speak very important things through you at some point if you are on the way with me like Yehaziel is. Well, my instructions through Yehaziel should take anyone by surprise, and their similarity to the way we've done things in the past is an affirmation of Yehaziel's giving the word straight from us instead of just saying what seems good to him thinking about Ahab's 400 sycophants here. Yehaziel's first word from us, also fitting the pattern, is, Don't panic, followed quickly by, This battle isn't yours, it's God's. Then they get instructions to show up at the battle, but to simply take their positions, then stand there and watch me handle it for them. Everyone knows this is from me. They know I've heard Jehoshaphat's bold and honest prayer. They know Yahaziel has received my word in response, and they know I am totally on it and with them. So the third thing I want you to notice in verses 18 and 19 of Second Chronicles 20 is the people's response to knowing these things. They bow down to worship, then stand up and sing praise to me. They're not waiting until the victory is complete. They praise and worship in the midst of the journey. By now, I know you're able to make the application here to your own life. Next and fourth is the partnership principle kicking in. I've told them this battle is mine, but they've got to show up. And these guys are awesome. Not only do they show up, but they show up in style. Jehoshaphat rallies them with the cry, have faith in Yahweh your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. Then he cues the original tabernacle choir to strike up the music, and they lead the procession as in ahead of the army, not behind it just in case. They lead the procession with, Give thanks to Yahweh for his love endures forever. No need to be timid about going somewhere when you know I am the one who has sent you. And even as Judah arrives at the location we've prescribed for them, I take care of their would-be attackers. Rather, the attackers take care of themselves. As the alliance, the three smaller groups had cobbled between themselves for the purpose of attacking Judah, falls apart at just the worst possible moment. I confess to being responsible for that remarkably perfect timing. They go after one another until not one of them is left to shoot so much as a pea at Jehoshaphat and his singing subjects. In this case, aside from showing up as requested, Jehoshaphat and Judah get to stand there and watch while Team Yahweh completely handles things. You'll have times like that when you call on me and I take care of business. There will be other times, just as there have been with my people across our journey so far, that you will not be a spectator, but instead an active participant in the battle and ensuing victory, of which I am still nevertheless the source.
The primary victory here is that the attack of the enemy has been thwarted. Judah has been spared destruction. Because the enemy is gone, though, there is further blessing awaiting Judah in addition to the primary victory. The tripartite force has left all of its infrastructure behind. Your armies tote MREs into battle. Uh, those are meals ready to eat for you civilians. In Jehoshaphat's habitat, they let their rations carry themselves to war on hoof, or at least to paddocks behind the battle line. The enemy rightly thought that Judah would not be an easy pushover, so they brought supplies to last through a lengthy conflict. In fact, there are so many supplies in flocks and herds that it takes all of three days to get the lot transported back to Judah. Not to read too much into it now, but you can also look for unexpected blessings, even in abundance, in the wake of the victory we bring you. The next and penultimate thing to notice is that after we've moved the flocks and goods back to Judah, the nation returns to the site of victory for a special worship service, blessing my name for blessing them so abundantly. In fact, they even rename the place Blessing Valley, and Jehoshaphat leads what amounts to a praise parade, complete with a band this time all the way back to my temple. In the same way, when I give you victory, make a big deal over it. Rename something. It doesn't have to be a geographic body like a valley or even a street, though feel free. Try renaming the day you sense our victory is complete. Maybe tell a couple close friends that June 3 is going to be victory day for you from now on and celebrate with them. Because the final aspect of this sequence is right there all by itself, summed up entirely in a single verse. Verse 29. When you're walking on the way, and I am bringing you victory, the people around you who are not yet on the way with us are still going to be able to see that we are in your life and making a wonderful difference there to boot. Just as Jehoshaphat's neighbors recognize my presence and favor with Judah, folks near you who are honest with themselves are going to be able to witness our partnership with you, unless you keep it all a secret, which I am telling you right here and now not to do. Be like Jehoshaphat, friend, and make a big deal out of our victories with you. Bring your neighbors in on the celebration. Let them know what I have done for you. It's all part of the Abra plan from the outset, all part of the role my people are meant to play, as a kingdom of priests serving to point the nations to Israel's and Judah's God, also known as me. I'm not saying to rub people's noses in it, but for heaven's sake, stop keeping such a secret. Of my life with you. Thanks for listening. We hope this episode has been a blessing to you. If you'd like to support what we do, give us a review on iTunes or Facebook, then share this podcast with your friends. There's a link to the very first episode right under today's podcast on our website, 15minutesontheway.com. 
We hope today's podcast has reminded you that you, friend, are part of an epic story that is still unfolding today. So keep walking on the way. And until next time, be good to yourself.